Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to get green. Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser are here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, here we go. The Easter edition of the Organic Gardeners. Doug and Jess just moments away. Tenth caller right now. When's a gift certificate for the spring of 2019? That incredible place that is Sorgles in Wexford. 412-922-1020. To join the dynamic duo of the garden world, you can call right now. 866-391-1020. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster and Jessica Walliser. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Walliser. Happy, Happy Easter. Easter, everybody. I told my family, I said, good luck on your uh, Easter sunrise service. And she goes, well, good luck on your uh, Easter sunrise radio show. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Easter sunrise radio show. That's right. Oh, man. The birds are singing. The trees are leafing out. But uh, just we take some things for granted. We've been doing this for so long. We know that you shouldn't be planting tomatoes or peppers or cucumbers or beans. And I've been getting lots of people that have been saying that, like, uh, you know, my peas look good, but my beans don't look so good. And I'm like, but beans, are you crazy? <laughs> it is far too early. Just because you go into the, the big box hardware stores and you see tomato plants and geraniums and petunias on their shelves does not mean it's the right time to plant them here in Pennsylvania. I mean, the the sad part is that they, you know, they ship their plants usually from a southern greenhouse mm-hmm. and they ship them all over the place and it might be the right time to plant those plants in the Carolinas, but it certainly isn't here. Uh, we're much too early. Our last average frost date here in Pennsylvania is May 15th. So, those types of warm season plants that Doug listed and all of the annuals that go out in your beautiful containers, those should wait until after May 15th. So you planted peas yesterday. I planted radishes, more spinach, your favorite arugula. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, beets, um, you know. Carrots, shard. Those are cool season crops, so it's okay to plant those, right? Right, right. Some plants like it cool. Other ones can't stand it cool. And so... You know, that's just information you could find pretty easily, you know, just about anywhere. So just just think about it, you know, and it's going to get cold again. That's the other thing I'm getting from people like, you really think so? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, remember yeah. that year that uh, Western Pennsylvania Conservancy lost like $60,000 worth of stuff? Because yeah. they just they want, had to get it in, you know, the past five or six seasons that hadn't happened, but had one of those like after the third week of may yeah i think it, it was got, the 25th yeah that year. it was got, the 25th it of may we had cold. a frost one year so you you just have to really be careful and watch the weather forecast and even then i, I mean it's definitely me and not just air temperatures that's the other thing like people think it all relates to frost well, that's what you were saying about planting your peas exactly we were but it's actually 
equally as important, not only to think about frost dates, but also to think about the soil temperature, uh, because soil temperature is extremely critical in influencing when uh, seed germination takes place. So if you're out there planting your bean seeds now, they're going to rot in the ground yep. before the soil temperature gets to you know a, a, the threshold for their germination to take place. But yet a pea seed is going to be like, wow, this is warm. Right. A pea seed is like, I don't know what the temperature is, but it's like 42, or I think, or something like that. So like they germinate in very cold soil temperatures. Tomatoes' roots are not going to grow in the cold soil temperatures that we have right now. So not only is the top going to just sit there and potentially get frosted, but the roots are not going to grow either. So it's always better to delay and wait longer than you think you should. Well, I put my traditional staking material around my peas. Your golf clubs. <laughs> golf clubs. <laughs> you don't use them to golf. You just use them in the garden. I don't know how to play golf. Yeah. You know, Maybe this, it's a good this, thing. You don't. <laughs> you already yeah. have that fishing habit. Well, I, I told a, a guy. Actually, there's a guy from KDK. That's a friend of mine, and he said, he said, "Well, this is the year. I'm going to fish and golf." I said, "Nah, you can't do both." He goes, "What do you mean?" Yeah, you, there's not enough time. There's just not enough not time enough to time do both. Or money, right? Yeah. <laughs> Between paying for a round of golf or all those fancy lures you use, <laughs> so there I, goes the gardening budget. <laughs> what gardening budget? <laughs> that's that's why I'm so cheap. <laughs> So I won't be here next week. I am off to Italy, taking gardeners uh, to Italy. And I'm not sure if I'll make it back in time for the next show, actually. I'm flying in late Saturday night. We'll see how late. You know, if I get in at a decent hour, I'll be here for the show. But just a little tease. Next year, I have an amazing trip, 13 days to Portugal. Mm. And... Uh, two different trips out to the Azor Islands there. So I'll, I'll talk about that when I get back, but uh, I can't wait to be in Italy again. I love Italy more than any place in the world. Not and just for the gardens, but for the food and no, the, just the culture the people, and the, the wine. People. Yeah. Oh, there's wine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be great. Uh, so again, it was so wonderful to work in the garden. This is a perfect day yesterday to work in the garden. Mm -hmm. You know, I looked at the weather first, and I was like, oh, no, it's going to rain all day. Well, it didn't. And so getting all this stuff planted and then the rain comes, couldn't have timed it better. Right. It really was sort of the perfect day. I wish I could have been in the garden all day. I would mostly spent the day pressure washing and then in the garden for a little bit after that. But I got everything cleaned up and some things planted. All so I have left to good. do, I actually bought some lilies at the end of the season last year. You know, after they were done blooming, they can't sell them. So I, I bought everything they had left. And I, I forgot that I left like four gallon containers in the greenhouse of course they all sprouted up with lilies and how about those lilies that we were sent last year some somebody sent us lilies yeah they didn't bloom they never bloom they're coming up again for you yeah, they're they coming are. up for me they are and i'm hoping that they'll bloom because i think they did not get enough of a vernalization which is like they have to be exposed to a certain number of weeks of cold in order to initiate bloom just like tulips and daffodils do and so i think what happened with those lilies is they did not have that so I'm hoping that since they had winter this year that they, they'll actually bloom. All right, Doug and Jess getting ready to go to work on the phone lines. They'd love to hear from you. 866-391-1020. Bank Instant Access. KDKRadio.com. Text them on the right automotive line. Best deal in town. Congratulations, Joyce, the Pittsburgh winner of that gift certificate from Sorgles. Join us Tuesday, May 14th from 6 to 8 p.m. for a leading Pittsburgh event featuring President and CEO of Rivers of Steel, R.D. Carlinino at the Ruth Chris Steakhouse for an evening of food, drinks, and question and answers. Register to win and tickets at KDK Radio.com brought to you by the workers' compensation law firm of Hall and Copetus, Mata Heating and Air Conditioning, and Zachariah Brown, elder law attorneys. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. 
All right, a big welcome to the Agway stores, our first week on the show. This is awesome. Uh, the Wepley family owns six stores in Beaver, Butler, Imperial, 84, Mount Nebo, and Newcastle. They have all sorts of organic products. I know that for sure. Mount Nebo is my Agway. That's closest to my home. That'd be closest to my home. And I too. was in Beaver Agway all the time when we lived down oh, in Beaver, yeah. like, all the time. Yeah. Uh, I talk to them a lot. I always so. get my grass seed there, too. They have good grass awesome. seed mixes. Maggie Mount Lebanon up for Doug and Jess, the organic gardeners. Hey, Maggie. Hey there. So happy to talk to you today. I have a very important question for Jessica. I'm getting ready to get my garden area uh, prepared. I used her method last year of the lettuce newspaper. Uh, it worked wonderfully. Uh, I, uh, the day that I put it down, it was very windy, so I used a few landscaping uh, pegs, I guess they're called, to hold it down. And then I covered that area lightly uh, so you couldn't see the newspaper. I covered it with some mulch. Um, what do I do now? I want to use that method again. Uh, tell me what to do. Yeah, so it is. I'm glad you were so successful with it because it really makes just a huge difference. Um, just that 10 sheets thick of newspaper. Now, you use the pegs to hold the newspaper in place. Yeah, I actually. pegs, yeah, they're still in there. Yeah, they're still so. There. I left them in there all winter. Okay. I didn't, do any, I didn't do anything in the fall. I just pulled out the spent plants. Yep. Yep. So uh, all you have to do really is you can um, put more newspaper on top. So I don't use pegs to hold my newspaper in place. I just have the hose out there with me. And when I lay it down, then I squirt a little water on it. And that is usually weighs it down enough to hold it in place. Um, so you could take those pegs out, reuse them elsewhere, or you could do it with the pegs again. But all you have to do is put more newspaper on top. So you're almost layering it like like a layer of lasagna, right? So you just put a new layer on top, more mulch on top. Every year do that and then plant through it. And then the weed seeds are going to be buried so deep down in the soil that you won't have any more weed is- issues. I, I was going to rake off the mulch. I was going to rake it to one side. What kind of mulch did you use? Oh, it was just whatever they had uh, at the garden center, uh, bag mulch. I just put it over top. So like shredded bark? Yeah. Okay, and this isn't a vegetable garden? Yeah, it is. Okay, so I get rid of that uh, because bark. Here, here's the reason why shredded bark is not a good mulch for a vegetable garden. Because it is still really in a fresh state, it hasn't really decomposed at all. It, during the process of decomposition, it can steal a little nitrogen from the soil for that to happen, which can lead to a slight nitrogen deficiency in your plants. Now, this is not a problem with deep-rooted trees and shrubs, so you can always use bark mulch around those. But in the vegetable garden, you're much better off covering that newspaper or covering the soil if you don't use the newspaper with something like shredded up leaves or straw uh, or untreated grass clippings or compost. That makes a much better mulch in the vegetable book vegetable garden because it doesn't deplete the top layer of soil of nitrogen. So I would like to see you rake that bark mulch off and get rid of it. Get rid of it and then use straw or, you know, shredded up leaves or something like that instead. But I can still leave the, uh, if there's any newspaper down there, I don't have to take it up. You do not. And there probably won't be because the soil microbes and earthworms have probably digested it and broken it all down. So in my at my house every year, I put new newspaper down every year. And by the time I get in there in the spring, there's like maybe one or two little shreds of newspaper left, but the rest is broken down. Okay. 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 Could I ask one more question? Sure. Do you or uh, Doug have, I, I'm thinking about going to an electric lawnmower, uh, not a battery operated, excuse me. Do you have a preference? I'm thinking around the 40 volt. 
Well, I like the, I've got a 40 volt black and Decker that I love. Uh, and I use that 40 volt battery for the trimmer also. And then it could work for other tools too. I, I've had great luck with it. Uh, I don't know what brand you have, Jess. Uh, I think mine's a black and decker too, but I have a string trimmer. We don't have a mower because we have a lot, a lot more lawn than you have, Doug. But mm-hmm. we, I love my electric string trimmer. Like we were just talking about it this morning, actually, how nice it is to not have to pull the cord yeah, and start it. Yeah, nothing know if it's going to start or, or not. I've already used my. I, I have the string trimmer. I have the string trimmer, but it's a twenty volt. Okay, I don't know what voltage mine is. Whatever 40. it is, it works Yours fine. Is, a 40. is it okay? Okay. Uh, okay. And uh, the forty volt lawnmower works great. You need two batteries. That's all. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just so quiet. You could cut your grass on Sunday morning. No one would know the difference. I love it. And it's so light. I hate cutting the grass. As you know, I rarely do it. And uh, <laughs> But this this just makes it so much easier. And I use the lawnmower in the garden, so I can go through the paths real easy. It's just so light. And yeah. you still got to sharpen the blade, though. Yeah, that's always so, important, no yep. matter what kind of mower you yep. use. All right, let's go to a butler and say hi to Mickey up next for Doug and Jess on The Organic Gardeners. Hey, Mickey, good morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. What's going on? Hey, I'm moving to uh, North Carolina, and I'm, I'm, I'm. First of all, I am, I am less than an amateur uh, gardener. I like doing what I, what I do. I like to plant flowers and, uh, and fool around in my little patch that I have uh, up in Butler. But I'm moving to North Carolina. I'm moving to the Sand Hills area, and I, I'm, I'm curious about the, the, um, the soils down there, and what can I expect uh, different down there than I experience up here with soils and planting. A nice long season. <laughs> You'll be thrilled with the things that you yeah. can grow there that you can't can grow you, here. You can still do daffodils there, right? Yep, yep. I believe you'll still be able to do daffodils there. Um, I'm not that familiar with that region as far as the soils go, but I believe they're probably going to be sandier than they are here. And I and it'll yeah. certainly it'll certainly depend on, you know, exactly where you end up, you know, right. within, you know, a mile from here and there, it could be different. So, right. yeah, that'd be my guess too. Kind of a lighter soil, but who knows? Right. And you know? I think the thing to remember is no matter what soil texture that you end up with, wherever you live, whether it's clay based or sandy and really well draining, like the thing that you can always do, no matter what type of soil you have, is get more organic matter in there because that's going to help build your soil structure. That's really going to help improve improve or reduce the drainage as the case may be right here in Pittsburgh we need to improve the drainage because we have really heavy clay soils whereas someone with sandy soil we want to actually retain a little bit more moisture so the addition of organic matter like compost or rotted down leaves or really aged uh, horse manure you know that can help build a good soil structure get you that nice loose friable soil that we sort of all covet right that we you see on tv in the victory you'll, garden it's like ooh, you'll you be know? growing crepe myrtles you'll have uh-huh. easier time with easier time with figs i'm trying to think what else are the things that were marginal up it's here like a lot we've... of a lot of the great tropical plants will yeah. overwinter there without yeah. a problem so they'll you certainly have the perks and definitely a little bit of a longer growing season you'll get be able to get started earlier but how are you camellias lo- i think will be there Camellia. so Yes, yeah. Yeah, How are you going to live good. without yinzers, though? That what are you going to do? You're not going to you're not going to be able to hear the well, the yinzers. We're we're everywhere. You know that. And, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sure they're down there. There's you're right down there. So um, yeah, I've already I've already crossed paths with the <clears throat> Steeler 
Nation Bar down there. I was just going <laughs> to say, right. you just got to find a Stellar's Bar and you're going to be good to go. All right, so. good, luck with the, good luck with the move. Have a great gardening season down there. And don't forget, by the way, that you can always listen to the show online, right? Uh-huh. No matter where you are, uh, kdkradio.com, right. you can listen to the show live on a Sunday morning. And then, of course, you can also listen to the podcasts uh, as well. I posted yesterday, I said, if we have to get up, you should have to get up too, but... I had a friend said, I ain't getting up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk a little bit about our favorite spring bloomers. Uh, tell you what, I t- told you last week that my epimediums didn't bloom, but ah, they're they're here. I didn't wait long enough. So gosh, I love those little epimediums and I learned about them from you. They are such a lovely little spring surprise. Um, you know, they're not a big, bold flower. They're really lovely little spring bloomer um, and they come in all different colors and then what's cool about them is their foliage is lovely all season long there was the, the leaves look like little angel wings mm-hmm. to me for some reason I think they're just lovely little plants the other thing that really is beautiful um, for a lot of gardeners right now are starting to bloom are the lily of the valley and they always sort of remind me of an Easter flower as well I'm afraid I'm gonna miss them when I'm in Italy but oh, we'll see no they'll be here for you when you get back they won't be blooming though well what would you rather see them bloom or be in Italy That is not a tough question. (laughs) Let me just shut your mic off on that note. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, Shelby, thank you. And we're ready for another half hour of Doug and Jess. So if you want to get on the line, I'd say that you should call now because this is a great opportunity. All of our lines are available. Anything on your mind in the way of a gardening question, they'd love to hear from you. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDKRadio.com. Text us on the right automotive line, best deal in town. And right now, the 10th caller wins a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's in Clinton at 412 1020. You know, Jess, we were talking about spring bloomers. Then I saw uh, my violets blooming in the lawn, and you know, that's something we both love. I know that people complain about Lily of the Valley, though. It's something that I love more than anything. I have uh, the white variety and the pink variety. Uh, I got the pink variety when I moved here uh, from a garden club that I spoke to in Ohio. And at the time, the pink version was just like almost unknown yeah. to us, you know, and it was like, wow. And now, of course, I got it, you know, it spreads like crazy, but I just love them. And that's something that I always think about when I am traveling, wherever I'm going, is is what will I miss? Whether I'm going on a fishing trip or whatever it is, what will I miss? You know, it's usually something's getting ready to bloom. For me, it'll be the dogwoods are, are just starting now. You know, I'll have a couple days so I can look at them. But the lily of the valley is one of those things that I was thinking of. Because, it's over so quick. Yeah. I mean, they're fabulous when they bloom, but then it is over. But you're right. They do spread and they can be kind of aggressive depending on where they are and what kind of soil you have. So, you know, people always suggest you plant them with caution, right? Give them lots of room to spread. The other thing that some people don't like about them is that they do go dormant in the summer. So they start to turn kind of ratty looking in July and they die back to the ground and you think, oh gosh, they're dead. They're not coming back. And then boom, the next spring they come up and they're green and lovely. But you know, if that pink one is spreading a little too far for you and you might want to thin it out a little bit, I... I know someone who who would enjoy having some of those yeah, pink lily of the valley. I have plenty for you. I have plenty for you. And uh, our tithonia has sprouted in the greenhouse. Oh, good. So I just have to figure out a way to keep it alive for 10 days while I'm gone. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, that's, that's just one of my favorite plants. But it's... It's not too late to start a lot of these things from yeah, seed either. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I, I, I forget. I told you when I started those tithonia, it was late for me, but, you know, they came up in two, three days. Same for... 
tomatoes. I actually put some tomato seeds outside, but in protection in this thing called a cold frame. It's just a greenhouse outdoors with no heat in it. Thinking that it's an early variety, I, I, I always love to stagger my plantings. You know, I'll plant that third week of May, but I'll keep planting tomatoes and other things throughout the season. Just I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket with planting the same day, but I figured it's called Silets, and it's an early tomato. It's one that I really like, and I just put the seeds in the cold frame and close the top, and when I get back, they should be up, and I could do what I want with them, you know, make them a little bit bigger and plant them later in the season. They'll be happy under that glass like that. All right, let's go right to the phones and uh, say hi to Steve in McDonald. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Welcome to KDK Radio. Hi, how you doing? Good, how's it going? What do you, what do you want to talk about today? Well, what I have is I have a, um, uh, a mulched area. It's a hillside, um, probably about 200 feet long or so, and it's south-facing. And I've, over the years of 20 years living in McDonald, 25 years, I've always planted and replanted. And I also have some volunteer pin oaks that grew there. I have two nice big ones there, which work well on that hillside. But it's also dries out that hillside in that area. Is there any type of under uh, ground cover that can be grown in that area? Yeah, there's lots of different types of ground cover. Now, how much do the pin oaks shade that site? And how steep is the bank? It's a relatively steep hillside. I've you know I've done numerous things. I had a juga in it, um, a couple other things, and it, 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 again, directly underneath it. It doesn't. It seems like it's a uh, no grow land at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so the shade, the trees shade it pretty well. Well, of two hundred feet, they probably shade. You know, they're they're spread uh, hundred feet apart, and but there's a good. You know, th- those trees are probably forty feet high, if not higher. Okay. Um, so plus the roots are taking right. Right. All the moisture. Right, right. So I would try like a really shallow rooted ground cover. So for me, that would be like an ideal location for something like sweet woodruff. Um, and although sweet woodruff is not an evergreen ground cover, it is one that spreads very quickly. It has a shallow root system. And during the growing season, it's a beautiful green, little white flowers on it. Uh, and that can really tolerate both shade and sun. So that would be something good for that bed because of that. And there's something about those flowers, too. When you pick the flowers and you put them with wine, it makes something called May, May wine. May wine. <laughs> and you get a, a, you get a stronger version of wine. There so you go. you can drink away your problems when the stuff doesn't grow <laughs> under your oak trees. <laughs> also, on the other side, I, I like to put more native. native. I, so, I'm like, again, it happens about every, I'll just say, 10 years. you got to go and start redoing some stuff. So, I did a pretty drastic tearing out of some old stuff. With this south-facing, what would be some native plants that you would think that'd be nice like you know bee balm would that be a good one for a south facing and uh uh i'm thinking some other items that could go good there yeah i mean if you would do bee balm in there minarda like i would choose one of the shorter cultivars um on a bank like that i think if you go with really one of the tall ones and it's you know and it sort of gets the shade of that tree a little bit it could sort of be floppy um, so I think you should stick with one of the shorter cultivars. Like there's some of them that get only, you know, 12, 18 inches tall. And if they do catch, they'll be good. Right. They'll, be, they'll stay. Right. I mean, you could also try Rudbeckia, Black-Eyed Susans. That might be something that would work pretty well there. Would the one that you like, the Triloba, work? I, would, I wouldn't do the Triloba because Triloba tall? gets really tall. Okay. Right. So I, I think that's probably not a good choice. But um, uh, Coreopsis would be another one that would probably work pretty well for you there. Mm-hmm. Um, like the native the native tick seed, yellow tick seed, that would be okay in there. 
Um, let me think here. Oh my gosh. In my head, I'm going through my garden and I'm thinking about what would, would work there. Uh, and that's a huge area. Calament. Calament is another one that would work. C-A-L-A-M-I-N-T. Um, yeah. So I think there's even some of the shorter coneflower varieties might do okay in there. And of course, there's lots of great ornamental grasses like the prairie drop seed. That's a nice shorter, low growing uh, you know, ornamental grass. Get some of those mixed in there. They're really good at holding in soil and, and stabilizing indes- indestructible. things. Indestructible. Yep. Yeah. Did you ever have a situation where we actually had some ornamental grass in the hillside? Um, as a matter of fact, Bender's worked with us a little bit on this hillside uh, a couple times, and, and I experimented on our own. But a, a grass that actually, I guess, I don't know, I guess the seeds flew off of it, and it just went through this fall of last year kind of exploded and there was you know uh groups of it you know 25 different new starts in different areas which we had to pull all out because it was just overwhelming in different areas you know you Mm want to just keep you know groups of it growing and not just everywhere and overtaking it and i guess maybe that was a bad choice of whatever kind of uh yeah so if it's right if it's something like maiden hair grass which is my miscanthus sinensis that can really um that that can actually become quite invasive um so too can something like the sea oats which is another ornamental grass that has sort of flat seed pods on it, that can really aggressively reseed. So I would try to find one that's a clump former that isn't an aggressive reseeder so that you do sort of stay in the section where it's planted. I was actually thinking of you yesterday because I was on the top of a kind of a gravel hill on a south-facing bank, a huge south-facing bank, and it was so much warmer up there mm. that the insects that were, were completely different up there mm-hmm. than they were anywhere down in the valley uh, there were all these yellow butterflies, there were white butterflies, and then there was, you know, some type of, like, grasshopper already. Oh, wow. You know, it was just so hot up there, uh, and uh, just a completely different microclimate, which was kind of funny. And I saw the first butterflies in our garden yesterday. I saw, yesterday, I saw three spring azores, which are those little tiny blue ones, and I saw... That's the rare one, right? Did you say it's kind of rare? Is no, that the one that, that uses the, the violet? That's a different one. No, the violet is the fritillary, oh. and that's late, much later on in the season. In and that those are orange and, and brown speckled. Um, but the spring azores, I forget what their host food is, um, but they are just little, little teeny tiny guys, like real tiny. I saw a yellow one, the white one, and then in my vegetable garden, a little orange one. Oh. So I don't know what there they were. 866-391-1020, Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com, Texas on the right out of the middle line, best deal in town. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners are on KDKA Radio. All right, here we go. Time to get to the phones. Lots of folks wanting to talk to Doug and Jess, so rapid fire. Let's get to Mary in Irwin. Hey, Mary. We'll try to get to all your calls. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. I have a question. I made the dreaded mistake of planting a trumpet vine. Ugh. And I cannot keep up with it. I've tried digging the roots out, and I don't know what to do. It's ruining my flower beds. I hear you. I wish there was a simple, quick answer that we could give. I mean, it is a really tough plant. Um, You know, even, not that we would ever suggest you use chemical herbicides, but even those don't combat it. The idea is consistent and constant top kill. So every time you see a little sprout of that plant coming up, yep, you got to get it out of there. And eventually you're going to starve out the roots, but it's going to take some time to do it. I wish I had a better answer. Yeah, that's a tough one. Kathy McKee's Rocks, Doug and Jess, you're on the air. Go ahead. 
Hi. I feel like I good morning. I love your program. I listen almost every Sunday morning. Thank you. This is the first time I'm calling. So um, I'm looking for a, a plant that I saw when I was a child. My dad always grew it, um, and my dad has passed away. It was, and I think it was an annual. He called it a Mexican firebush, but it kind of looks globish. Um, the Latin word, I believe, I kind of Googled it, is Bassina, B-A-S-S-I-A. Um, and I feel like it was a seed that he threw down, and it just grew up. It's kind of looked like a shrub, but it turned, it started out lime green, and then by the time fall came, it was a bright magenta. Yeah, so it's um, it's related to the amaranth, um, and it's sort of it. You're 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 saying yellow? No, lime green. Yes. Out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's lime, lime green. green. Yep, yep. And it sort of has then, a really nice kind of globe shape to it. That's it. Yeah, and it sort of almost looks a little ferny, right? Like it's loose and yeah. airy and ferny. Yeah. yeah. So now you're going to want to know where you can get it to plant it yourself. Is that what you were going to ask? Or Where I get, can get seeds for that. Yeah, that is a good question. I mean, it is not a common plant. And I think one of the reasons it's not a common plant is because uh, it it reseeds like a lot. It can be kind of invasive in its reseeding and it doesn't have really crazy, beautiful flowers. So it just sort of fell out of vogue. Um, I'm not really sure where you can get seeds for sale of that. Uh oh. I've never seen them anywhere in any catalogs or anything like that. So I'm... You know, my, my dad used to buy them. I think he would go to the grocery store and pick up a pack of seeds on one of those seed spinners. Wow. He was, and he liked, he had a beautiful yard, and he would, he, he, they probably did reseed themselves because he was um, a construction worker, and he was kind of a, um, a precise, he kept the yard pristine, but he wasn't one to go out to garden centers. He had a lot of perennials so that's why i was thinking and i knew it wasn't a perennial i knew it was something that came up but it haphazardly but yeah he would he would pull them out and plant them very orderly yeah they look like they almost look um, like a shrub because they get less sort of like rounded globe shape so i yeah but i'm pretty sure they probably eventually started re-sowing on their own so i i don't know where you can get seeds for it i wish i did but if i ever see them we'll make sure we talk about it around online somebody will probably offer them right you would think somebody would but i don't know i mean Mm. it's it's just an unusual plant anymore all right pete you're up next kdk radio how you doing pete Hey, happy Easter, everybody. Happy good, to, Easter. good to hear from you. Thanks Thanks for taking my call. I called a month or so ago about my 20-foot arborvitae fence that had three arborvitaes just brown out and die. You guys gave me the advice of calling Davy Tree. They came out and took a branch off of the bad one and the good one and came back and told me it was a spider mite infestation. Mm. So they're coming out to treat the wall, but that's what it was that killed the arborvitae. Well, now we know. Yeah, see, Spider that's mites. the thing about having somebody come out and, and, it's and impo- do a, it's an Im- assessment. You know, it's impossible to tell what that would be from not seeing it. Right. You know what I mean? Plant turns brown. Could be a million things. 
but spider mites are pretty easy to take care of. So the rest of that wall should be all right. That's the good news, right? Not a, not an incredibly challenging thing to take care all of. All right, Dollar Bank Kinston Access. Should this person feel guilty for having a carpet yard full of dandelions? Heck no. No. First off, one of the most nutritious plants on the planet. Secondly, again, that's what I was thinking when I was... If on, you eat it, which <laughs> which you do, but I don't. On this hillside, <laughs> I saw all these beautiful dandelions. They're, the only reason that we don't want them is we've been programmed to, to, right. to say that they're weeds. If it was hard to grow and rare, we'd have garden clubs all around, the dandelion club. That's right. <laughs> no, don't feel guilty at all. Uh, that's what we call a quilted lawn. That's right. They're all over my lawn. I don't feel a darn bit bad the about it. Same with the violets. Yep, all over they're, my lawn, too. They're absolutely too. beautiful, and they're great for pollinators. It's true, and actually, they're one of the earliest nectar sources for pollinators, so we should definitely... I mean, you know, I wish they were native to North America, but they're not, but... Hey, you know what? It's something early that the pollinators can drink nectar from. Eat your dandelions. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. All right. Have a great holiday, you two, and have a good trip. Thank you so much. All right. Always nice to know what uh, Doug will be telling us when he gets back from one of his many adventures, this one being Italy. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 